on that trophy. Second season running, that she's done so in the colours of Manchester City. Oh, lovely footwork there from Weah! A special goal in a special game from Caroline Weah. That is world class. That is outstanding. A worldie from Weah. Hello and welcome to this episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma, thanks for listening. We're pleased to welcome back Dave to the podcast as we look back on the weekend's game against Hope Powell's Brighton and Hove Albion. We also look ahead to Wednesday night and City's final game at home this season against Birmingham City. In a week which also sees KB announce her retirement from professional football, the 37-year-old will officially hang up her gloves at the end of the current 21-22 season campaign bringing the curtain down on an illustrious and trophy-laden career spanning nearly two decades. We look back on our favourite memories of our number one. Hi, I'm Esme Morgan and you're listening to MCW Fancast. Dave, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? I am, yeah. Um, okay, thanks. Yeah, after a, a good weekend and a good result, I'm uh, ready to go now for <laughs> this big week that we've got ahead of us. I know, it seems, it seems like a mad week, to be fair. Obviously, with the game at the weekend against Brighton and Hove, now we're looking to Wednesday night against Birmingham, then Reading at the weekend. I mean, the games are coming thick and fast. It's like we said last week, It's uh, every game's a cup final, every game's crucial. Can't take our foot off the gas at any moment if we want to achieve you know, the aims that we've got. Oh well, yeah, thick and fast, like you say. Um, City delivered a magnificent seven goals, but um, it wasn't without a bit of a resurgence from the Seagulls in the first half. Uh, 3-0 down before heading into the break, 3-2. We got the job done in the end. Uh, remain defiant throughout the rest of the night to get the job done. But how pleasing was the result and the performance? Yeah, the result was fantastic. Obviously, the most important thing was to win, uh, get the three points on the board. And then, obviously, if we could add to the goal difference, which eventually we did. But as you say, that first half was really funny because City came out like a steam train pretty much within 15 minutes, I think it was, with 3-0 up. And we were thinking, this is great. You know, this was just what we needed. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, con- you know a bit, bit of a harsh penalty, maybe. And, you know, looking at it again, I thought, you know, it was a bit, bit soft. I'm not sure. But, you know, they, they stuck that away. And then they scored a really good second goal, Brian. And I thought, yeah, what's going on here? All of a sudden, they're back in the game from a game we were totally in control of. You know, Brighton were looking feisty. And, and then there was a point in the second half, early in the second half, where they had a great chance to equalise. Uh, and Ellie made a fantastic save over the bar. I mean, if that had gone in and took them to 3 all, they would have their tails would have been so up after being three down. And, and City might have... It might have been a real struggle from there. So that save should definitely get a mention, even though that sounds strange in a game that we ended up winning 7-2. Because uh, after that, I mean, that was like the first few minutes of the second half. After that, as you say, Emma, we sort of pulled away and really took our chances. You know, it was great to see. I thought Bunny Shaw's finishing was just world-class. You know, it was a joy to watch. I mean, Bunny took her goals really well, to be fair. And offers a lot more physicality within the squad, um, City played to the byline throughout. It looks as though we were, you know, often seeing Hempo driving that forward uh, a few times. The, the ball flashed <laughs> across the goal, and you're just thinking, is this a game for, is this a game for Ellen White? But yeah. 
she certainly turned it on bunny um and she took it she hit a stride and she was a joy to watch well, I know, I know some some fans are fans of more fans of Bunny than they are of Ellen, and vice versa. I just think it's good that we've got both those strikers who, in the last few weeks, you know, he's rotated them, and when he's done that, they've both scored goals, big, big goals, a part of our season. And he's in doing that, he's kept them both really fresh. He's kept them hungry. Let's not forget we've had an international break in which Ellen played, but on top of that, Bunny had to fly to the other side of the world and got a comment he didn't get a back till very late just before that, that West Ham game the other week. So he asked, you you have to take these things into account as well. But, you know, the problems like he had with the two Australian players as well, they, they're travelling to the other side of the world. You've got you've got to factor that in. Um, so it's fantastic to have two, you know, out-and-out centre-forwards, different players. You're right, Emma. You know, I think there is more physicality to um, Bunny's game, whereas Ellen's a bit more of a wily uh I don't want to say an old campaigner because she's not old, but you know, she, 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 Ellen, Ellen's a, a different sort of centre forward, but they're both scoring goals for us in, in big games where we've needed them. And the, Bunny's finishing on um, on Saturday was exemplary. You couldn't, I know she missed what I liked about it was when she missed a couple of chances, it didn't, it didn't phase her at all. She was still there for the next one and the next one, you know, and to get four goals, um, as you know, it, it's outstanding. That's cost us a ball, hasn't it? We'll have to get a new ball and get it signed up, won't we? <laughs> I mean, as well with Bunny, it kind of give her a little bit of confidence as well, you know, hitting a hat-trick, getting the fourth goal as well, especially mm. towards this end of the, you know, this end of the season where there's so, so much to play for. Um, you know, when you're sort of contributing in that kind of way, it certainly obviously gives the manager something to think about as well. It does. Um Let's not beat around the bush. This is Bunny's first season in the team as well. I mean, to score, what is it, 18, 19 goals, 18 goals? That's some return there for, for a player who doesn't play every week. You know, she's been rotated like the rest of the team have. That's a fantastic return in the first season. And it shows you what a good player and what a good striker she is. I'm hoping to see even more from her next season in terms of goals. I think as she get used to the league. And, uh, you know, becomes used to the way that defenders play against her. She, she can use that. And I'm sure she will. So, yeah, she, you know, I can't speak highly enough of her. I was really impressed on Saturday. I thought it was a great centre-forward performance. Um, obviously, man of the match, player of the match. You know, without a doubt, you score four goals, you're going to get it. There were some other good performances, though. I thought um, Denny Stokes had a great game for City, um, attacking-wise. Yeah, first goal. She just, yeah. just weaved her way through. It was just yeah. brilliant. brilliant. Perfect. I thought she was on the front foot with the whole game. I thought Kira Walsh played a couple of fantastic balls, one of which Bunny scored from. But we're used to that. We see that every week, don't we? And the same with Lauren. You know, we see her every week. It was great to see Chloe flying down that line as well. And back to her. But she's almost hit the ground running, Chloe. You know, you'd expect it. It took her a few games to, to get back to where she was after, after a year out. But she's almost like, you know, it took her one game and then she was back. You know, and uh, it, that's fantastic. It's great for Gareth because it gives him these options. And, uh, you know, ever, having everyone fit just means he can rotate it and keep everyone fresh. And as you say, two massive games again this week as well before we even start to think about Wembley. Yeah. Let's just talk about the penalty then because I think, obviously, it was an important part of the game in terms of allowing sort of Brighton that way back in. Obviously, it was a foul on Lee by Kira uh, in the box. I mean... <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was, I was tapping the guy next to me. I don't even know who it was, and I was going, K 
Kira's in the box. Kira's in the box. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what's going on? And then and then all of a sudden it just falls apart and she goes to the floor, Lee goes to the floor and just like, oh no. Firstly, why is Alex not doing that? Why is not Alex not there? And why is Kira getting involved? I couldn't believe it. Yeah, he tracked her back and it's I mean, I think it was soft. It was soft, but you know, you, you do see them given, and obviously that one was given. What I will say, I think Lee had a good game for Brighton. I thought she played well. Yeah, I thought well, she stood I, out I, for them. I mentioned it here, yeah. Uh, I thought Lee, uh, obviously a former City player, she had a very good game, uh, yeah. worked hard, was involved in pretty much all of Brighton's really good spells of play, uh, and especially setting up that second goal. I mean, yeah. what goes through your mind at that point? I mean, you're 3-0 you're pretty much in control of the game. And then the opposition have found their way back just before the half-time. Yeah, it's an odd one because if, if you were playing a game really well and you were 1-0 up at half-time, you'd be happy, wouldn't you? you think, all right, we've got our noses in front. When you've been three up and the other team have come back and got two, and you're still one in front, but it's 3-2, and you think, well, hang on a minute. Because I was thinking to myself, we have pretty much dominated that, that, that half there. But they've had a good little spell of, say, five, ten minutes, and they scored two goals in it. And the second goal was a great goal. It was a really good goal, the second goal. It was goal. a very good goal. And, and, and you think to yourself, how's this happened? Because we were in total control of this game. and they've. But it was it was just basically two or three really good passages of play from Brighton that, that caught us out, you know, and like I say, a soft penalty and a really good goal. Um, so I think he'll have got them in the dressing room at half time and said to them, Look, you, you had total control of that half there for, for say 30 minutes and you're 3 0 up. So go out and do the same again, which they did, but not after, not until that, that, that one chance I mentioned before where Ellie got over the bar. I mean, Ellie was very, and I think I saw some fans complimenting her on it after the game and she, she said, Oh, you know, literally that's my job, you know, to save the ball. But it, it was a big, big moment in the game that for me because if it had gone to 3 all. You know, we might have still gone on and won, but you don't know because, like you say, I mean, you know, you've, you've suddenly, you were 3-0 up. Yeah. And if it goes to 3 all, you know, the fans would have got, we'd have got really edgy because it's just natural that you would. So, uh, you know, it sounds mad to say that a save like that was a, was a big turning point in a game that we ended up winning 7-2. It's, it's, it's a bit odd, that, but I think it was. I think it was. A, and then after that, the finishing was exemplary, you know, the, Bunny we spoke about, but there was a couple of great finishes as well. Good header from corner from Alex and um, and, and Lawrence finish as well. So plus five on the goal difference, which has helped us no end. Yeah, Alex looked really chuffed, even though the, the celebrations were a little bit muted. It she looked <laughs> the look on her face kind of said it all, really. Yeah, well, yeah, I think she's very. I think she might have thought she could have got a few more of those this season. Maybe that's maybe how she's. You know, she has, sets herself high standards and stuff, so it was nice for her to get on the end of one and, and and play well. And it was good to see him rotate and bring all the other players on towards the end as well and for them to get the runs out because uh, it keeps everyone nice and fresh and ready to go for Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, the depth is really starting to to show, uh, I think, in, in like you said, in, especially in the run-up to these last few games as well. Uh, Gareth is managing the squad really well again um, and everyone has... You know, we spoke about this before, but, you know, everybody really has got a part to play. Yeah, yeah, you know, because last week, you know, Blackstack was outstanding and we've seen some good performances recently from Laura Coombs and neither of those started on Saturday. He went back to a more traditional, if you like, midfield, um, like Kira and Caroline and what have you. So it's great because they've all got the parts to play, without a doubt. It keeps everybody fresh, it keeps everyone hungry. 
ticking over. They're all raring to go. I'm sure they are. You got Angle Dahl came on, Ruby Mace came on. You know, if anything happens during a game to somebody and they have to come off injured, we hope it doesn't, obviously. But if it does, these players are ready. These players are ready to come on. And, you know, it'll be a pretty seamless transition with most of them because they're all buying into the same philosophy. They're training together now for, for basically for the whole season. So they all know each other. They know each other's patterns. Um, so, you know, it's just like fitting another piece into the jigsaw if you have to in an emergency. And then obviously it makes sense to do it when you're winning a game 6-2, six, 7-2, six, two, two, to, to put people on and give them a little bit of game time. And, you know, these players haven't let us down at all all season. It's fantastic, really. It's quick better recovery now as attention returns to Birmingham at the Academy Stadium on Wednesday. Obviously, this was a, a, a game that had been postponed and, and now moved to midweek. Uh, this is City's game in hand. If City win this game, it will see us move into third above United and it takes us to obviously the last day of the season, puts it in our hands. Birmingham obviously in a battle for survival here. So a win for them would mean that they've still got a chance. Uh, so really a big game for, for both teams. Massive game, yeah. Without a doubt, like you say, it's Birmingham. Birmingham have to win uh, to have any chance of staying up. So they'll come and, and go for it. and. Um, Obviously, we want to win, as you say, and to put it in our own hands for, for the last game because it would put us two points ahead of United with a game to play. Hopefully, we could get a win where we get a few more goals as well and the goal difference would mean a draw would even be enough possibly for us on the last day. I'm not sure that we'd ever look at it like that. We'd go to win. But on paper, you would look at Birmingham at home you know, and, and think, well, City should win that game without a shadow of a doubt. There shouldn't be any problems there. You know, We're third, fourth and third in the league. Uh, Birmingham are bottom, we should be beating them. But, I mean, they, they gave Chelsea a right game yesterday, on well, on Sunday, uh, Birmingham, and only lost 1-0. They've beaten Arsenal. Uh, they gave us a right game just before Christmas at St Andrews. I think we won 3-2 in about the 88th minute. So they seem to have performed better against the so-called traditional bigger clubs in the WSL. Um, so, you know, I'm sure it's Gareth will know that. And you can't underestimate any team, especially a team that's coming basically with nothing to lose. They've got to win, so they've got to go for it. So that can be a dangerous animal sometimes, I think. You know, um, I think City will just be professional about it and treat them with the respect that, that they're due and know that we need the points as much as they do, you know, for a different aim, but we, we need the points as well. So I obviously fancy us, but I don't think it's going to be possibly as easy as some people might think it is just looking at the league table. Birmingham have always been a traditional club that we've always played. And in times, you think back to the Ellen White Birmingham teams, you know, and Aoife Mannion was there when we played. We had some real tough ties with Birmingham. Yeah, I, I remember a particular, the, the Conti Cup final that we were lucky enough to be able to play at home that time. We beat them 1-0 in extra time, but my, oh, that was such a tough game. And that Birmingham team was so dogged and determined. They were always, always hard games and close games. It's a shame, you know, that they, they find themselves in the position they're in now. I mean, to be honest, like you said, that game against Chelsea, though, I mean, it, it was a it was a penalty, wasn't it? So, you know, it was a dead ball. There was there was they didn't score from open, open play. So they, they made it very difficult for Chelsea um, for them to obviously to get something out of that game. It was and, an unfortunate penalty as well, because the, the girl just had her arm up in the air from, from jumping. Yeah. And the ball hit it. It was unfortunately on ball, but it, it wasn't, you know, it was unfortunate. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, the game against Arsenal, a big performance, a standout performance, uh, and, and even the game against Brighton, 
you know, they won 3 1. So, yeah. you know, they, they can on the day be very difficult. And, you know, obviously, home advantage comes into it too. You know, we've, we've got to play on that. And there's certainly a lot of positives that we can take heading into this, but we've got to use everything at our advantage. And again, hopefully, start early, start well, and, and get that early goal just, just to allow us to, to be a little bit more comfortable in the game. Yeah, without a doubt, that would that would have been Chelsea's plan yesterday. I would have thought score early. You'd fancy them to go to Birmingham and, and, and put a few past them. And as you say, they didn't manage one at all in open play. They still got a big, big win for themselves to, to you know to win because they got a penalty. But it does just show you that Birmingham are, are fighting. They're not lying down and just going down quietly. You know, they're, they're fighting well. What well, Alex mathematically possible couldn't they get out of it? So you know, you've got to respect that and you've got to be careful. But we are at home. We do need the points. It's not like it's an end of season game. We can just stroll through. It's we have to win. Yeah. We have to win on Wednesday and we have to win on Sunday just to guarantee that third place, which is what we've all this work, all these every game's been a cup final now for the past six weeks, two months. And it all would be for nothing if we don't carry on now for the last two games. Because we've come this far, we don't want to, we don't want to drop the baton now because we've got ourselves into this position. With two games that on paper we should be winning. We, you know, the way we're playing, we should look at it and think we can win these games. Uh, Birmingham and Reading, both tough sides, both, you know, teams that have beat us in the past without a doubt. So you show them the respect that's due and you go and you get the six points by yeah. playing well. Wembley after that, we worry about that after Wembley takes care of itself. You don't need any incentive for that, but let's get this third place. Yeah. The squad, though, looking. Looking ahead to Wednesday, do you think Gareth will make many changes? Do you think we'll see Ellen come back into the squad and start maybe? Possibly a couple of changes. I mean, it's hard to say. He's got to think towards Sunday as well. So maybe whoever he thinks would be more appropriate, possibly, like you say, the centre forwards could be a place he looks at. It would seem odd if he drops a striker who's just scored four goals, but would he then, well, I don't like the word drop out, let's, let's, let's say rotate, would he then prefer Bunny to be fresh? And start on Sunday against Reading. That could be in his thinking. Obviously, we'll find out when we see the team sheet. But it could be something. It's not so much an indictment of any player that he does remove, say, move to the bench. He might be thinking about Sunday, thinking, well, Buddy would be better against Reading, uh, whereas Ellen's wiliness and stuff might work better against Reading. I don't know how Gareth thinks. You could see other, a few other changes. You, you know, you know, you could see, say, Blackstad coming in and playing like she did last week. So those are the, but I don't see, I don't think we'll see many wholesale changes. No, I don't, because we haven't got any injury concerns. So, um, that we know of. So yeah, I I think, I don't think we'll see many changes, but we might see a couple just, just tweaked to to suit the opposition sort of thing, to suit the opposition we're facing. I mean, I I think I, I say Ellen because we all know Ellen's a little bit more feisty. She adds that bit more pressure. She presses, the, the back line, she'll pressure the goalkeeper. And I think with Birmingham's frailties, you know, under that sort of intense kind of pressure, could they falter? Yeah, without a doubt, you're right there. She does press really high and a real ball of energy, isn't she, at times? So that could be something he looks at, definitely. But there again, he might think, you know, Bunny's playing so well, she's in such good form, she'll finish these chances off. And he might want that, what you've just spoke about there, that press to be full on at Reading. You know, it might be something he thinks about there. He might, he'll, he'll have watched Reading, he'll know how they play as well, much more than, than we do. You know, they, they watch the other teams really closely, don't they? So I'm sure he's got a 
a plan in his mind, and I would expect to see maybe a couple of changes for each game, sort of thing, a little rotations, you know, so but nothing wholesale. I think, um, obviously, Birmingham on Wednesday night is going to be our last home game of the season. It's a shame that it's being played on a Wednesday now, obviously, with the postponement, but hopefully, we can still see a good turnout from the fans on that for that one. Yeah, it's a shame, like you say, it's one that's been rearranged and. As we spoke about great length last week, it, it, it's another one that clashes with the men's game, the, the men are away in Madrid on the TV. I hope that doesn't um, affect, it won't affect the regulars, the people that are there week in, week out, I'm sure will still come, because it's the last game as well at home. So, you know, we won't be there again for a few months. And it's been great to be back this season. It's been great to, even when things weren't going well on the pitch, it was still great to be back in the stadiums and back and you know, seeing people, meeting people once a week and chatting and, fun, you know, because we all missed that so, so much during the pandemic and everything. It was just, you know, we did the Zoom watch-alongs and things like that, but it's just not the same. Um, so even when, <laughs> even when City were losing at home to Spurs and West Ham and what have you, I was still enjoying going to the games because, you know, it, it, it's what we do. And uh, so that's great. So, yeah, it's the last game. So let's hope we get a decent crowd. Obviously, it won't be probably as big as the last two that have been on, Nice sunny weekend afternoons. This is a night game, but that's that's just because it's a postponed one, isn't it? That's that's had to be slipped back in because uh, it was postponed through COVID, Birmingham's COVID issues, wasn't it? A couple of months ago. Yeah, and obviously in the news today, we've learnt that KB has announced her retirement from the professional game, and uh, she'll be honoured also at Wednesday night's uh, game. Last game, one game of the season against Birmingham at the academy. Obviously, sad news. But again, maybe expected, um, given her injury problems that she's had. But what an absolute legend of the women's game. A 20-year career, incredible career. Moved to the Academy Stadium in late 2013 as part of the women's um, team reformation. Been a key member of the squad ever since. Eight trophies in as many years. 82 England caps represented the country at every kind of level and and seven different tournaments just an absolute legend I, I don't I don't actually know what else to say I'm I'm really sad but um I'm so she is such an amazing person um so selfless um just the nicest human on this planet I, that's all I can say about her she's just yeah. a fantastic person yeah she's I mean KB's just absolutely out of this world both as a footballer as a as a, a role model as a, like a, a, an inspiration to younger ki- kids and people who want to play the game but also like you say just as a person as well fantastic she's never I've never seen KB not have time for people you know she's, she goes she goes above and beyond she's always been a really strong backer of us at the OSC right from the early days I remember her giving us some gloves to put in a Christmas raffle and things like that that she signed you know she's just for someone who's such a top, as you say, I'm mean, probably one of the best keepers in the world at, at her peak, without a doubt, um, you know, to be such a, a grounded individual as well, you know, someone that would come and have a laugh with you at the side of the pitch and, and things like that, you know, it's just, um, it, is a, it is a shame. It is a shame it's had to end in the way it has with, with an injury. I mean, she's obviously, I've watched the interview today, she's obviously thought long and hard about it and she's made, you know, she's got plans for the future and we wish her well, you know, ever she does. Um, I know she has an ambassadorial role, I think, at the uh, Manchester FA and things like that. And, you know, hopefully, you know, she, she finds a niche where her talents can be appreciated and used 
because you don't want to lose someone like that from the game. I mean, um, I'm sure she's had a massive influence on people like Ellie and Kiara and in, in the and, and many of the other England keepers, as you say, because you know she's been a pretty much a stalwart until recent times in the England team as well. Outstanding goalkeeper, absolutely top top notch. I mean, I had to write an article a couple of years ago for the yearbook, and I found. Where I, some, they asked me to choose my favourite 11 for, since 2014, since the rebound, um, to choose my, my, my favourite like all-time 11 City team. I honestly found the goalkeeper the hardest to do out there, everything, because I thought, well, you know, I rate Ellie Roebuck. I think Ellie Roebuck's the best goalkeeper in the WSL at the moment. Just, you know, probably me with my blue tinted glasses on, but that's why I feel. I think she's a great world-class keeper. She's growing into one. But I couldn't disband. I had to put KB in that team because... Like you said, Emma, it's it's been eight years at the top, where she's she's you know she's we think back to the the, the 2019 County Cup final that penalty shootout. She won that. She won that. Not City. She won that. She was absolutely outstanding in that. You know the way that she psyched people out and saved stuff. It's not the you know the, the cup final at Wembley against West Ham. She made individuals just unbelievable saves, and she's such a big presence in in the squad. It's going to be stranger not being there. She's been there from the very start of the rebrand, as you say, from signing late 2013. So she's on the very first uh, team groups from like 2014, along with Steph and Jill, you know. And uh, we have to move on, obviously, because players always end up moving on. But it's a sad, sad day. And uh, I hope I hope she gets a great send-off. I know she will from the fans. I hope the club do her proud. And I hope that she's... Uh, you know, she's not a stranger. I hope she comes back and sees us and supports us, and I'm sure she will. And she'll always be welcome. She knows that. I mean, she, she obviously, she's an ambassador for the Manchester FA and yeah, a lot of other work, you know, off the pitch that, you know, perhaps goes unnoticed, but she gives so much to the women's game. You know, not just not just all that she's given on it, but off it as well. You know, she, she just continues to be, a, a, a you know, somebody who wants the best for the women's game and, you know, just is prepared to just give up her time, you know, to speak to people, to educate people, to sort of drive the game forward. And she's just been incredible. I mean, I know you spoke there about the FA Cup, the Conti Cup, but the Conti Cup for me, I mean, we were speaking before and I, I, I point it out every now and again on Twitter because it just pops up. But for me, it was, you know, when looking at, you know, penalty shootouts and performances, for me, individually, KB was absolutely outstanding in that yeah. penalty shootout. From yeah. start to finish, she owned it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you <coughs> find it, I will try and find it and post it onto to our Twitter. But incredible performance. And, you know, Ellie, obviously has been, you know, kind of under her wing a little bit and, and look into the player that she's grown into be, developed into be, and will continue to just grow and get better. And, mm. and that's all thanks to some of the guidance and the part that KB's played in that as well. I mean, you couldn't have anyone better literally kind of giving you the guidance, you know, because she is no. the, the ultimate consummate professional in that field, in her position. She is, and I'm sure Ellie would be uh, first to say that. I'm sure she would, you know, so when she, Ellie, you know, you, you've got to remember how Ellie was very young when she first like, started getting right in and around the first team, late 2016. So, 
young goal. And it's a, it's a pressure goal. We've seen it with Kiara now as well. I'm sure Ellie's doing the same thing with Kiara, mentoring her because it, these are young players and it's a, it's a pressured position, the goalkeeper. It's, it's a very different position to anywhere else because one mistake and it's inevitably usually ends up in the net and it's a goal and people remember it a bit more. So it's it's a high-pressured position. It's it's a unique position, the goalkeeper. That's why they're all a bit different. <laughs> and that's me being nice. You know, goalkeepers are a different breed, aren't they? So, yeah. um, you know, but KB, as you said, Emma, she's a... It's, it, since 2014, we can honestly say we we've we've supported you know you know City and we've seen the game grow. We've seen a lot of changes just in that short length of time. It's a lot bigger, uh, and it's a, and it's because of people like Karen. I think KB's one of the people like you know. The, the, there's a lot of others. There's a lot of us just at City. You, can, you put Steph in the same bracket and Jill and people like that. But it, people like. Karen had the reason why the game grows because they are inspirational. They are they are role models and they are um, and this is off the pitch. I'm talking now as well. I mean, they're obvious. The, the talents on the pitch speak for themselves, you know. But off the pitch, you know, like you say, she's she's got a role at Manchester FA. I know she's got a role at Women in Sport because I went to an event before last Christmas, which is highlighting um, all the host cities for this summer's Euros, and I know she's been involved in that. And things like that. So she's like you say, she, she's just a great champion of women's football as well, not just City of of, of the growth of the game. And um, I hope she continues to do that because she's a great speaker, she's a great inspiration, and she knows what she's talking about because she's been there and she's done it. You know, at the highest highest level, she's played in World Cups. You know, she's she's been there and done it. She's got the T-shirt, so you know people should listen to her. I'm sure they will. You know, and and for young young people and, uh, and young girls and boys who want to be footballers or they want, you know, a role model. You couldn't ask for a better one. She's brilliant. An absolute fantastic speaker. And I mm. hope she continues to do that because I, I think it is inspirational. I, I, I really believe it is. And to me, there's no one more genuine either doing it at the moment. So, you know, whatever Karen decides to do for the future, we absolutely wish her all the very best. And thank you for all the fantastic memories that she's left us with because it, there'll be plenty as fans that we look back on fondly for years to come. Yeah, without a doubt. She's a special, special player and a special person. And like you say, we wish her all the luck in the world, whatever she chooses to do in the future. And we're going to finish the podcast with the OSC Player of the Season announcement. Well, yeah. Obviously, people have seen this by the time this podcast goes out. They probably have seen the announcements, and our members will have all received emails um, from our secretary Jane, who wanted to be on the podcast tonight, but unfortunately couldn't. So, I it's been, I get the honour of uh, announcing it to you, Emma. So we had a spread of I, I, just for the record, I don't even know yet. So we we had a very good spread of votes. So thank <laughs> you to everyone that voted. As you know, there was no shortlist. You could vote for any player that you wanted. Uh, we don't pick out like we do for Man of the Match, where you just have four. We just say you vote. You have one vote, and you vote for whoever you want. So uh, the third player, we had a lot of votes. Quite a lot of players got votes, picked up votes. It's quite a, some years. It's been a little bit more one-sided, and we've had a runaway winner this year. Was a little bit more spread, but we, we did have an outright winner. So third place was um, Caroline Weir, and then the top two, uh, we were a little bit ahead. Second place was a previous winner in Lauren Hemp and our OSC player of the season for 2021-22 is Alex Greenwood, which we're all very proud of. I'm very pleased for Alex. So um, 
outstanding performances, consistency. I think a lot of people have factored into the, the, the first half of the season when the team was struggling, how strong Alex was, what a leader she was on the pitch when, unfortunately, we lost Steph and some other leaders, you know, were injured and Alex was, was stepped up to the plate in that. Um, so, so congratulations to her. We will be, you know, you, people will have seen this announcement now, so I'm just confirming it on the podcast. Thanks to everyone that voted, and we will be presenting Alex with the trophy and a silver salver and everything whenever we can, basically. So there, so we're, we're very pleased, and I think it's a, from my personal point of view, I think it's a totally deserved winner. You know, uh, I think she's been outstanding. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm pleased because I voted for Alex. <laughs> <I voted> for <laughs> Alex. You announced it here, and I was just like. Um, I'm not revealing who I voted for, but no, I don't usually vote for the, the eventual think, winner. But uh, no, it's, it, we, we like to we like people to have their own say and pick whatever player they want. And it, there was a spread, there was a good spread this year. People voting for outside the three I've mentioned, other people, many of the players picked up votes. So this is good because it yeah. shows your team's playing well. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of players that have given themselves reason. You know, that I find it really tough. I think it's very difficult. There are so many players that have improved immensely. There are so many players that have offered that little bit more. Uh, there are players that have been incredibly consistent. There are players that have stepped up through, obviously, um, players missing in the squad um, through injury. Um, but there are players that have outshone through their quality. I think those that top three is certainly a strong top three in terms of, you know, the, the players that have really contributed this season. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so chuffed for Alex, to be honest. I think, it's a, I think it is a good... Indi- I always think the OSC voting is, is a good indication, is that because this is people who've sat and watched every game, so they tend to take the whole... Season. Some of the football voting I don't like because they take the votes in January and stuff like that, and someone could have a great second half of the season, but... You know, we, we, we're pretty much doing it. We, we try and leave it as late as we can. There's only two games to go. And, you know, you, you just get an overview. And these are people who watch every game, basically. So you get a good thing. And I think, if we're being honest, I think it's a deserved winner. Because of that, that first half of the season, when we were struggling, Alex Alex stood out. Yeah, Her performances were consistently brilliant. I think very consistent. And almost become a bit of an unsung hero, I think. Yeah, well... Not unsung anymore. <laughs> Not unsung anymore, exactly. I think that's that's the, the brilliance of Alex, I think. is that's And I mean, what... when we've signed her, I thought she was a left-back as well. We've got to throw that into the mix, you Absolutely. know. And, and she's played this season as, as a centre-half and, and, you know, uh, and almost like... Made it her own as if, you know... Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. You know, for years. So unbelievably consistent, you know. When you look at the statistics, she's one of the players that... You know, she's the the most controlled, most influential, influential. You know, in, in you know passes, in in mm. percentages, she's she's up there every game, and no uh, doubt. you know she's been unbelievable. And like you said, a, a leader as well in, at times where you know we've really needed it, and it's been essential, especially in that in that back line where we've seen frailties. Um, especially, you know, the first half of the season, she, she's been really strong um, in terms of communication and, and kind of getting everybody in order. <laughs> I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, you're right. Being a leader on the pitch, which is unfortunately we lost some of our other leaders and she stepped up to the plate and um, yeah, she should be commended for that. So it's, it's thoroughly deserved. That's not to take away from performances, like you say, of other players. I and mean, Lauren Hemp, you know, has got a lot of votes as well. And, and she's been outstanding. But we all know, you know, Lauren's outstanding all the time. And we missed her last season when she was injured. So, you know, and Caroline, you know, especially, you know, you throw in the, goal, the goals Caroline scores, you know, the worldly goals as well and big, important goals, you know. And it's great to have, it's great to be able to choose from such great players. You know, it makes it difficult. Yeah. As you said last week, Emma, you had to leave it to the last minute to decide it, who you're going to yeah. vote for. It was a hard year. I was I literally, I literally, you know, waiting for the next game. Like, I'll just hang on because there's another game to play and I'll, <laughs> I'll throw that game into the mix as well. And, you know, is what you yeah. have to do, unfortunately, when, you know, it gets tough and, you you know, you can't make a decision and, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you get sort of little snippets of things that you kind of remember and then sort of add into the sort of, decision-making process. So. Some years it's been a bit... Some years in the past we've had, you know, winners who've won it by a larger margins and stuff like that. And we've had other years where it's been really close. I think it's probably better if you have a closer vote because it means everyone's playing well and the team are playing well and, and everyone's finding it harder to choose who's been the best player. That's not to say it's not great for the player who wins it when, when they've been outstanding. But, yeah, we've... We'll try and present it faster this year because we already just presented Chloe with hers for last year a few weeks ago with everything that's happened. But uh, yeah, we, we, we will get it to present it to her and uh, she'll get a salver to keep and everything and she'll get a name on the trophy alongside uh, amongst, all the other winners, past winners. And we've still never had anyone win it twice. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. You're right. Yet. <laughs> Thanks, Dave, so much for joining me. It's always great to catch up. Um, obviously, we'll see you at the game on uh, Wednesday at the Academy State yes. Birmingham. And hopefully, we'll catch up. I don't even know if we're going to have time to do another podcast before Saturday, uh, before yeah. Sunday, sorry, but most I'm certainly. Sure we'll, catch, we'll, we'll catch up before Wembley, maybe, or something Definitely. like that. But uh, yeah, thanks for having us on, Emma. It's always great to talk to you. So I'll see you soon. Nice one, Dave. Thank you very much. I'm Lauren Hemp and you're listening to MCW Fancast. And that's it for this episode of MCW Fancast. Thanks to Dave for joining me. Also, special thanks to Charlotte, who's been on editing duties. Um, If you're planning on heading down to the Academy Stadium on Wednesday night for City's final home game of the season against Birmingham, make sure you get down there early. As we've already mentioned in the podcast, KB will be honoured on Wednesday night. Uh, So it'd be great to see many fans in the stands for that one. Uh, Have a great week, everyone.